Our gospel reading this morning is from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 12 through 20. I'm sorry, 14 through 20. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and they followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us bow for prayer. O God, open our hearts, open our minds that we might learn something new. Help us to receive the word and then to do something about it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Is anyone planning to watch the football playoffs this afternoon? I understand that both L.A. teams made it and that my husband and I are from New Jersey. Neither of those teams made it to the playoffs. So I thought I would start out with a football story for you. Have you ever heard of the name Jerry Rice? Well, I'm embarrassed to say that I didn't know Jerry when he was playing football, I was introduced to him through the television when he was on Dancing with the Stars. (laughs) Today, Jerry Rice is a football analyst, but in his playing days, he was considered the greatest pass catcher. And some would even say that he is the greatest football player ever. Now, you would think that someone like Jerry Rice would have gone to a big school like Notre Dame or Texas or Alabama. Does anyone know what college he went to? Good, because that means you're going to learn something today. He played for Mississippi Valley State University in Itabena, Mississippi a virtual, unknown college. Now, Jerry was asked, why? Why did you attend such a small, obscure university? And he told them, all the big schools were after me. They called me. They sent me cards. They sent me letters. But the only school to come to my house and pay me a visit was Mississippi Valley State University. They were the only ones to give me a personal attention. 
It makes a big difference in this world to meet people eye to eye. Now, some of you met me through FaceTime, and now it makes a big difference to shake your hand, to see you in person, and be a part of what you are doing. This morning's Epiphany Sunday. It's that day when we finally stop celebrating Christmas. By next Sunday, all these decorations will probably be gone. And we begin to focus on the life of Jesus. In our scripture lesson this morning, Jesus is walking along the Sea of Galilee. And he sees two brothers, Simon and Andrew, and they're fishing. They're casting their nets. That's how they fished into the sea. Simon and Andrew weren't community leaders. They weren't men of great scholarship or influence. But Jesus approaches them and invites them personally to be a part of his ministry. And they follow him. Then he walks on a little further. He sees two more brothers, James and John, two more ordinary fishermen, people like you and me. He walks up to them. He extends the same invitation and they follow him as well. It's that personal touch which attracts them. And it's the personal touch which attracts us as well, isn't it? Advertising is impersonal. And what's the worst kind of advertising? Robocalls, right? Absolutely. They are the worst. Not long ago, we got three phone calls from the same number within five minutes. The first was a recorded voice telling us that our credit was fine... So we were entitled to a a new credit card at a lower rate. Does this sound familiar to anybody? (laughs) Next two times they called, we didn't answer. Contrast that with a shake of a hand, a hug, a personal word. That can make all of the difference. That's what made all the difference to the disciples. These humble fishermen responded to Jesus' call. They became his followers, his disciples. And they followed him. I don't know if you followed all the words to We Three Kings, but We Three Kings starts with Christmas and keeps on going all the way where? The disciples followed Jesus to the cross and beyond. The great theologian Karl Barth notes that the disciples are called simply by the fact that Jesus claims them. Their new status is anchored in the fact that Jesus fished for them. Jesus is the ultimate fisher, and they were the catch, the netted fish. In the, they were obedient to the response of God, these two sets of brothers. In them, the reign of God is actualized in the present. Jesus has claimed us as well. You and I are called to become Jesus' disciples to take our place and be part of the team. I went downstairs to the choir room earlier this morning, and I think I saw that you all have a bell choir. Is that right? Yes, you do. Okay, well, then, then you'll appreciate this story. The Mabuti tribe of Central Africa, they're more commonly known as pygmies, 
According to an article in National Geographic, the Mubuti have a unique way of making music, which also serves to strengthen their tribal bonds. The men whittle musical pipes out of soft wood. Each pipe is only able to play a single note. So one man whittles a pipe that can play an A-flat, another whittles a pipe that plays a D, another whittles a pipe that plays an F-sharp. It's kind of like a church bell choir because each person can only play one note. All must work together to create music. If one is missing from the group, if one flute is missing or if one bell is missing, the music is noticeably incomplete. It lacks harmony and richness. That's a good metaphor for the church, the disciples of Jesus. Now imagine if every member of the congregation played one note with a flute or a bell. The only way we could produce a symphony would be if all the members pitched in to do their part. Jesus tells us our calling as disciple is to go fishing for people, to bring others to discipleship, to tell them about how God has changed our lives, to help people find a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. But sometimes that calling puts us on the spot. There's a story about an old man who went down to the banks of the river to go fishing before fishing season started. So he's sitting there. He's got his line in the stream there. He's sitting there, and he hears footsteps behind him. And it's a man in a uniform. Turns around, takes a look. You the game warden? Uh-huh. Turns back around, sits there, thinks for a minute. Then he slowly pulls his line out of the water, points to the worm on the end of the line, says, just teaching him how to swim. <laughs> you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. Are you fishing for people? or just letting your worm go swimming. Consider Jesus' first and last words to Peter. Jesus lived with the disciples for three years. They ate together, they worked together, they lived together, and yet it was very difficult for them to make the transition in their minds from a Messiah who would be a mighty king of the Jews to a Messiah who would die for the sins of humanity. But Jesus never wavered once from his mission. Throughout his entire ministry among the people and his training of the disciples, he held in his heart this hope that Peter and the rest of the disciples would lose their earthly ambitions and become feeders of the sheep, fishers of the people. The very first words that Jesus spoke to Peter at they met at the waters was, Follow me. I will make you fish for people. And his last words to Peter, again, down at the waters of the Sea of Galilee, after the resurrection, were, Feed my sheep. Follow me. 
From beginning to end, this is the mission of the church. Imagine a fishing club where the members just sat around swapping fish stories about the big one that they landed or the bigger one that got away. Imagine a fishing club whose members never went down to the pier, never got in the boat, never cast their line into the water. What kind of fishing club would it be whose members never actually went out fishing? A lot of Christians belong to that club. They may talk a lot about going fishing. They may look back and fondly remember the days when they used to go fishing. But they don't fish. What about you? By its God-giving call, this church is a fishing club. Are you ready to go fishing? Bill and I live in Ocean Grove, New Jersey, which is a United Methodist Camp meeting. And there is the big, great auditorium where they have many wonderful preachers that come in every Sunday in the summer. And we were privileged to hear Dr. Tony Campola, who is a retired professor at Eastern University. He told this wonderful story about Paul, who was a high school student, a high school senior. Paul responded to Tony's invitation to come and work in the inner city ministry that he had in Philadelphia. The program began with 100 teenagers attending a gathering in the Baptist church in the city of Philadelphia. For an hour, they sang praise songs. And Tony spoke about their calling. They were all fired up. And Tony shouted out, Kids, are you ready to go and tell them about Jesus? And they all said, Yes! They got on the bus. And the driver drove them through neighborhoods. One got worse than the other. By the time they stopped in front of a run-down housing project, They weren't singing anymore. They were scared to death. Tony said, we're going to meet at 5 o'clock. The bus will be here right on this corner. Now go out and tell them about Jesus. Paul walked into the huge tenement that they were next to with his heart racing. He stopped at a door where he heard a baby crying, and he knocked on it. And a woman answered, who's there? She opened the door a crack, and in one hand she had a naked baby, and in the other a cigarette. What do you want, she asked. I want to tell you about Jesus, Paul said. The woman was furious. She opened the door, began screaming and cursing at Paul. Paul ran out of the building, sat down on the corner, And he began to cry and wondered, what was he doing there? But then he looked up, and he saw across the street was a store. Its windows were boarded up. But he went in, and he bought a box of Pampers and a pack of cigarettes. 
He took a deep breath and said a prayer, went back to the door, knocked on it. The woman opened it, and as she opened it a crack, he slipped in the diapers and the cigarettes. And this time, instead of cursing at Paul, she invited him to come in. Paul sat on the sofa and played with the baby. He put a diaper on him, even though he had never put a diaper on a baby before. She offered him a cigarette. He took it. He smoked it, even though he had never smoked a cigarette before. She told him what it was like to be a single mother in the inner city. And finally, she asked, what's a nice college boy like you doing in a place like this? And he told her everything he knew about Jesus. Took about five minutes. The woman responded, pray for me and pray for my baby that we get out of here alive. And he prayed for her. And that night when they got back to the church, Tony asked the group, well, did you tell them about Jesus? Paul raised his hand. He said, I not only got to tell about Jesus, today I met Jesus. Today I became a disciple. Four years ago, I had the opportunity to go on a mission trip to Palmares, Costa Rica, sponsored by Discovery Service Projects. Our team was there to build a retaining wall for this church, which is on the side of the hill. The wall was going to support a new Sunday school building for the Palmares Evangelical United Methodist Church. So every morning, we spent time laying block and moving rock and spreading mortar. By the end of the week, we had a wall that was six feet high and about 45 feet long. Over the next months, other teams came and finished the project. Today, Palmares Evangelical United Methodist Church has a new Sunday school building. That was the mornings. The highlight of the trip was the time we spent in the afternoon with the people of Palmares and Alajuela. Every afternoon, we went house to house in a different impoverished neighborhood. We'd knock on the door, and we'd offer total strangers a free gift of a week's worth of food, and we would ask if we could pray with them. On Thursday, we brought the food bags to the neighborhoods surrounding the Palmares Church, and in addition to offering the bags to the neighbors and asking if we could pray with them, we invited them to attend a special worship service that the church was going to hold that night. That night, the sanctuary was filled with newcomers. The congregation was amazed. Where'd all these new people come from? Most of them were there because we had invited them that afternoon. The lesson was clear to all of us. If you want to bring new people into the church, if you want to bring people to know Jesus, you have to take the time to invite them. So what about you? 
Are you ready for new challenges and new possibilities and opportunities to do some wonderful new things? Jesus is calling you to go fishing, to make disciples, to share his love with people who desperately need it. What would it take to get you out in the boat, out on the water? What would it take to get you to cast your net on the sea? Follow me, Jesus says, and you will be fishing for people. Happy fishing. Amen.